Reignite on RTE Radio 1 with AIB. It takes a certain kind of brave to run a business. We see it, we back it. One person with an extraordinary story of what it takes to dig deep and trust yourself is Deborah Summerin. At 26, she's been recognised by Forbes magazine as one of Europe's 30 leading young entrepreneurs and leaders. And she recently raised €500,000 in philanthropic funding for the housing charity she founded, Empower the Family. But Deborah, before we get to you being a qualified accountant, management consultant and charity founder, talk to me about your early beginnings. I would say I had a normal upbringing up until I was 10, up until my parents' marriage split up. My mum decided she wanted to stand on her own two feet. She wanted to move over and have a fresh start. She had mental health issues that she was going through before that she was suffering from um, severe depression. The additional stress of moving over meant that our relationship crumbled. So I initially went into care from when I was 11 um, and I was in and out of care until I was 13, which is when I became homeless. And I'd stay in these nighttime only hostels, which is super scary because you don't know where you're going to be sleeping next day and you're not allowed to stay there during the day. So you have to leave. But Focus Ireland and and organisations like that tried to keep me safe in that situation. So that was homeless at 13. Then I was pregnant at 14. (laughs) Jesus. And then I was um, a single mom by 15. But I'm not resentful about anything. I'm not angry about anything. I don't even want people to feel sorry for me. That's not even why I tell the story, because all of those things made me who I am. It's an extraordinary story. Go back to your 13-year-old self, where you're homeless. How did you cope? I think for me, I put up this wall. I think at some stage I realised that I was on my own. I felt like nobody cared about me, which is very tough, you know. And it meant that I was just constantly then trying to survive and trying to get what was fair, you know, in terms of access to education or um, a secure placement. I think from a very young age, I just had to learn to put those walls up and I still kind of do it, but I'm conscious of it. So I'll catch myself and I try and just give everyone the benefit of the doubt meeting them now. And But it is still very hard for me to kind of reach out and ask for help because of that mentality of I'm on my own. I need to do everything by myself. And you mentioned there the importance of education in your whole journey age 14, pregnant with Liam, like what were some of the choices and, and thoughts that went through your mind as probably junior search age at that time? Yeah, I thought my life was over. Honestly, I knew I didn't even have stable housing. When you're in care, even when you get a secure bed, it's not a secure bed because you get moved around so much. And so I finally settled and I was terrified I was going to have to move out of this care home. And like, I remember when I first went to see that care home, I called it Disneyland. It wasn't Disneyland, it was just a normal house and a normal housing estate. But that was stability that I hadn't had in such a long time that I really, really wanted. That I was jealous of my friends for having, that they could go home to like a home, like a normal home and not like a hostel. So it was scary, but I'm very lucky that whenever I was in those places, I seemed to always have like, you know, this one good adult concept. I seemed to always have one good adult that was looking out for me and that was trying to guide me. And that was trying to get me to not become disillusioned. Who were the one good adults? You know, yeah. whether you're in your teens or maybe you're 18 and you're starting to branch out beyond maybe some of the state supports. Who were those people for you? 
Jesus, there is loads of them. So firstly, when I was in going into care, there was my first social worker, actually. She um, was over the foster care division. I still text her to this day. Her name's Mary. She's so lovely. And then once I was in homeless hostels, um, Focus Ireland, a social worker or someone from Focus Ireland will check on you during the day when you're in those nighttime only hostels to give you food vouchers and like make sure you're alive. The fact that I was 13 and staying in these hostels was very unusual to the woman, Shelley, that came to pick me up. Um, that day to bring me for food and I suppose she just decided that she wasn't just going to give me food vouchers so she let me stay in their offices during the day and she walked me back to my hostel every single night then when I got placed somewhere more suitable I met this other amazing woman in Focus Ireland called Margaret and so Margaret was in charge of education <laughs> and it's very unusual when you're in care homes or especially hostels to have kids that are actually going to school which is the really sad thing given it's illegal for anyone under the age of 16 so you end up missing a lot of school for for like that first year, two years. And then when you eventually find somewhere secure that you can stay, you've missed so much school that everyone's going, well, you should probably just do a FOSS course or a reach course because you wouldn't be able to go back to school. Your friends would have moved on. You'll be too old in that class, all of this stuff. Anyway, she could see that I was probably going to drop out because it was horrible. Uh, they started this star chart system. And so if I go into school every day for three months, I got a piece of my favourite makeup. Um, at the Good incentivization there. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's just these little things that like back in the day and still today, to be fair, you can't really get makeup for my skin tone in like pharmacy around the corner or Tesco or whatever. You know, they just don't seem to want to go up any further than beige, you know. So that was why it was such a big thing. The only place you'd get makeup for my skin tone was Brown Thomas. I obviously couldn't afford it. So this woman taught about what is genuinely going to work for this kid. She didn't try a one-size-fits-all, you're not going to school, so you're a bad kid. It was, okay, let's try and understand what she's motivated by. Let's try and link that to the things she needs to do as a child to develop and and support her that way. And you founded charitable organisation Empower the Family. What is that about? So we are developing Ireland's first social student housing development. Very simply, we believe that everyone who has the determination and ability to complete university should be able to have access to the accommodation childcare that they need to complete university. I suppose online you're seeing that movement where people going, oh, there's social housing being built. Well, why is there no social student housing when we know that people can't afford to go to university as well? So I started a petition actually the weekend event on the Late Late with Ryan and I put the petition up so that at least when people came, there would be something they could action because people were coming for some reason. They'd connected to my story for some reason and they were coming looking for something. So I was kind of giving people something they could do. And everyone really fell in love on the idea of student accommodation for single parents. So we got over 12,000 and signatures and just hundreds of comments from women, single parents who were saying this would change my life, this would have made such a difference for me. So we just fired away and we started it. We got a half a million donation like very early on from one person. It's been incredible and even support from politicians has been really lovely and um, Dublin City Council and the Irish Council for Social Housing supported us to get our approved housing body status, which we got. And it's all grounded obviously in your own experiences. You've told a story just now of going from being homeless in your early teens to now being the founder of an extraordinary charitable organisation doing good in the world. So in terms of our listeners, what learnings would you share with them, insights around what it takes to have something, the courage of your convictions, that real sense of purpose and see it through? I would say one thing is aim beyond what you think you're capable of. At no step along the way, when I was doing anything I was doing, in terms of school, did I think I would actually reach my goal of becoming an accountant? Like literally right up until 
a couple of years ago when I was doing my final admitting exams for Chartered Accounts Ireland, I was still going, I'm going to fail these because who do I think I am to have come from the background I came from to think I can be a chartered accountant? And I didn't have many role models that had gone through the same things that I'd gone through and done that. And also, um, nothing kills a bad idea like saying it to the wrong person. Surround yourself with people who lift you up and not bring you down and people who are knowledgeable about the things that you are passionate about. And just make sure you take the time to refill your hope tank as well. You know, I'm not this bouncy all the time. You know, there could be some race, someone doing lots of racist stuff going on in the media. And I'm drained. I'm emotionally drained at the end of that. So I can't be peppy and resilient. I will take the time the weekend, switch off my phone, to cry it out, to think about what I can do that can have an impact in response to that, that is positive. That's what keeps me going is making sure I switch the phone off or whatever I need to do spend time with my family, my son, be present with what matters. So absolutely, refill your hope tank, aim beyond what you think you're capable of and surround yourself with people who lift you up and not bring you down. Very wise advice, Deborah Summerin, founder of the housing charity Empower the Family. Thank you.